This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Craftology Radio Network's Fantasy Brews. I'm joined with my esteemed colleagues, guests, however you want to look at them, amazing people. Ben, how are you this evening? I am wonderful. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Uh, and uh, our other esteemed guest here, Corey. How are you, buddy? I like being esteemed. So <laughs> We are all night. esteemed on the podcast networks that we are on, so... Um, well, guys, uh, I know we're a bit late in the week, and I think you know we had some setbacks, busy schedules, and uh, and everything else. So that's perfectly fine. Today's Thursday, January twenty first. Uh, we're heading into the final weekend of the playoffs. A lot of big matchups. Well, I shouldn't say a lot, right? We're down to two or two games. So four teams, two games, uh, leading into the final week before uh, before Super Bowl. But we are here to cover last week's extravaganza but before we get into that anybody uh do anything exciting leading up to tonight's podcast or this week just want to throw some things out there uh other than recovering from a from a stomach <laughs> bug absolutely not but i'm looking forward to uh looking forward to sunday there's going to be some very good football so i mean final four is probably my favorite weekend of the year i i enjoy it probably more than a super bowl unless my team's in it true story <laughs> Yeah, I spent uh, spent most of the week on the road. Uh, it was all football, all Packers. I've been just every single YouTube video of Skip Bayless bashing Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I just just every day I watch all of them over and over again. So well, Skip's, a da- Skip's a Dallas fan, so we don't really count well, him in this mix. Isn't that funny? Skip Skip sticks to his guns on that. And then you got. Colin Heward, who hates he he just bashes Pittsburgh the whole time. Like guys, certain guys have their thing, I guess, and it is what it is. Yeah, sometimes I agree with Colin on some of the things he says. Like he he does a really good job breaking down the analysis and making X point, Y point, C point, whatever point add up. But then sometimes, like I'll even message uh, Corey, and I'll be like, "What the hell is he talking about?" You know, so. Uh, was it the cowherd? Cow, cow? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, he's the herd. he's the herd. He's a, he's a tough listen. I like Jim Rome. I mean, he's Packers bias, but I've always liked Jim Rome. But he's I uh, I stick with my uh, shout out locked on Packers. Uh, Peter Peter Bukowski gets me gets me everything I need. Speaking yeah, of, want, pa- oh, go ahead. Sorry, Corey. Now, if you want unbiased. Uh, information and, and entertainment on your team or just the NFL in general or sports, I believe podcasts are the way to go. Oh my I mean, god. I, I think ESPN's on the down and a lot of those a lot of those shows are on the down. My favorite crew actually was on the NFL network was what Marshall Falk, uh Mike Wervin, because he was he was just crazy. Um Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner yeah no long, yeah that that crew is no longer around. So. Well Marshall screwed that up when he started sending dick pics, you know, but Oh, is that why he got? Is that why he's gone? I don't well, remember that. Well, he was accused of sexual harassment. It just sounds better if I say he was sending dick pics. Oh, yeah, okay. him and Far. <laughs> no, but uh, Warren Sapp got in trouble too, of course. So, yeah. Well, he was trying to buy a stripper <laughs> during the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, Ben. Speaking of the Packers, that's the very first game on the list that we've got here. So, my friend, 
I know you were happy on Sunday or Saturday. When did they play? Saturday? I think Saturday. they played. So they played, they played the Rams. Packers win 32, Rams 18. You got uh, Aaron Jones with 99 yards, Jamal Williams with another 65, A.J. Dillon 27. I mean, they just ran all over the place. Cam Akers, 18 carries, 90 yards and a touchdown. Not bad. Just, you know, not enough, right? So let's talk about this game and um, – you know, yeah. uh, well, we I got mean, a few other things we can talk about too, but go ahead, start us off, man. This is your team. Yeah, I mean, we knew that, I mean, I knew Akers was going to have a decent game, but if we made them have to have to throw the ball, we made them one-dimensional, I, a credit to the Rams. I mean, Jared Goff played well. I mean, at the end of the day, I think Packers were a better team. You know, Donald being hurt certainly had an impact, but that, that Packers offensive line absolutely dominated that football game. Um Aaron was efficient. We scored on the first five drives. You know, it it really followed the same mold that uh, really the last three games have followed. We really just, we play well enough until the third quarter, and then we break it to a two-score game, and and we that's how we've been finishing teams. Um, or the beginning of the fourth, and that's really what happened. Uh, I thought the defense played well, got some pressure on Goff, but at the end of the day, the Rams given the circumstances, probably played the best game they could possibly possibly play. That's my opinion. And Packers won by 14. And I think that was honorable, but the better team won. The healthier team won. just being modest. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, for the Rams to win, Packers would have, would have had to lose the game themselves. You know, interceptions or fumbles. Um Cam Akers would have probably doubled his stats, and he had a, he still had a good day. Uh, but I think he probably would have had double his numbers. Uh, Aaron Donald would have needed to be healthy. Um, so yeah, but they didn't they didn't do a bad job. They they did they did great. Uh, just Packers were the better team, and they they wrapped it up, and they're they'll be playing Sunday. You know, yeah, it's right. almost it's almost a given that between MVS or Alan Lazard, someone is going to drop a wide open deep ball. At some point earlier in the game, but then they always make up for it later. And he did. Um, he did. What's his name? Uh, the receiver. What was his name? The Lizard King is L- what they yeah, call him. He, the Lazard. He had a great catch after that other um, drop, you know. And they they set him up perfectly to get as wide open as he was for that catch. Well, in the play before impressive. that, I don't know. The play before that, Rogers had a bad miss throw to MVS. Did a stop and go. I don't know if y'all saw that, but Rodgers threw it outside and missed him, and, I mean, he was gone. Yeah, it's it's weird you brought that up. I was thinking about it while I was watching that game. I was like, man, this is like a ritual for them. They drop a wide-open pass, but whoever drops that pass usually makes up for it later in the game, or vice versa. Or first they catch a bomb, and then they drop another one later on. It's like... I don't know if you remember last year whenever Jameis was the starter in Tampa, but I want to say there were six games. I've never seen anything like it. First pass interception. Six. It was like six games. Well, he was blind there. Let me just go out throw. Yeah, (laughs) let me just go out and throw a pick. Get it off my get off my back, and we're good. But then he followed it up with three more. So it did. The, the, the strategy <laughs> yeah, didn't quite work out. His first and last passes of the game ended up being interceptions. <laughs> yeah, but after like 450 yards and four touchdowns, too, I mean, his stats were insane. But that's Arians, and also they were playing from behind, and it, it wasn't a good thing. Well, no. And really quick about the Packers, too, I was watching Dan Orlovsky on ESPN going through and 
how Packers set up set up the pass with their run and how Alan Lazard, they ran that same formation three times in that game where he blocked the safety. So then they ran it a fourth time and he faked the block and went deep. He was wide open. I think this Packers team, it's very obvious if their running game is going, it makes them damn near impossible to stop on offense. You know, so as we get into this weekend's game, I, I mean, that's a theme. Uh, do you think, how do you compare him to that team that beat uh, Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl, what, ten about 10 years ago now? Different team. Uh, well, completely different team because really Rodgers was, was better then, right? The defense was, the defense was slightly better. We had Charles Woodson, you know, and Tremont Williams was really good. Nick Collins, we had a stud safety. Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews. Um, I think as a whole, you know, all eleven, you could you could make a case that this team is as good. I just don't think it has a star power, not yet. I think we have a couple guys on the verge. Um, but the thing about that team, we had James Starks, who was a rookie, undrafted rookie out of Buffalo, and he ran the ball pretty well in the playoffs. But that that Super Bowl was all Rodgers, you know. And I think this team. This is Matt LaFleur's scheme. It, it is so impressive, and it is a freaking tragedy that he is not at the top of the coach of the year um, voting. I don't know what he's going to end up finishing, but uh, his play calling and his play design are incredible. And then you throw one of the smartest quarterbacks ever to play the game, have him buy into that scheme with that great play calling, man. Trust just me. one of I'm the purest man. passers, too, man. Like. Some of the ways he throws, Aaron Rodgers throws that ball, yeah. you know, it's just like, it's well, smooth. It's just like well, butter. I just, guys, coming guys from are slots open. you shouldn't be throwing from either. You know, McCarthy well, relied on, on man-to-man wins. You know, you throw a bunch of nobodies behind. You have an aging Cobb and, and uh, Devontae Adams in 2018 with nobodies behind him. And you're like, hey, man-to-man, beat your guy, Rodgers, run around. You know, that, that was the offense. This offense is run the ball, scheme guys open. So Rodgers is throwing to wide open guys, and it's not because Rodgers is good enough to make those throws, but he has time to throw, and the guys are open. That's the difference. And as a Packer fan, we have not seen an offense this efficient. You know, in the past, Rodgers would escape the pocket. Guys would run around, and he'd throw it for 40 yards. He'd throw darts, you know, and this is so much different. Um, it's just a lot of fun to watch and very hard to stop. I agree. I agree. Let's talk about real quick just some uh, highlights here from the game. As we were alluding to before we started the show, uh, you know, you got Ramsey versus Adams. I know that was a very fun, exciting matchup to watch. I think that was, you know, uh, a huge part of the game. Um, just one take that I saw, I knew it, it looked like Adams was having a hard time getting open. And then they did that sort of trick play in the red zone where he ran to the left up the field. And then right before the ball was snapped, ran all the way back down. It was a little, uh, you know, out to out to him. And then Ramsey got kind of locked up trying to run around one of his linebackers or safeties at that point in the end zone and couldn't get there in time to make that block. I mean, they had to look for ways to scheme to get Adams open to be honest, and I, I just want to get your take on some of those other details we were talking about before the show. Yeah, I mean, Ramsey is phenomenal, and I think he played a great game. So we didn't know if Ramsey was going to follow Adams the whole game. Um, he did not. 
So he really stayed on his side. He In the red zone, he would travel with Adams. But really, they had him set up to where we just moved Adams you know, away. We really used Adams as a decoy for most of the game. You know, we threw him easy balls. Um, and I would really say, you know, did Adams win the matchup? I would say, yeah, he scored a touchdown. He burnt him really bad on that slant. But, I mean, Ramsey had him locked down for most of the game. I just thought that was a good battle. Um, you know, Adams got his nine for nine for six, 60 in a touchdown. Um, he did what he had to do to help the offense. But as far as that matchup, I thought it was, I mean, it was master on master. And I, I it yeah. was just fun to watch. Yeah, it, I mean, Ramsey plays good all year round. I mean, he, he has his moments, but uh, it just seems like he really gets up for, for, for those kind of matchups playoff games whenever he knows he's got a star across from him uh it's it's really it's really fun to watch competitors love competition so well and they hugged it they hugged it out after the game and i think that was that was awesome to see i mean it was just just seeing the respect you know i ramsey a lot of times some of these receivers they get in their heads and start throwing punches and you know talking trash but really they're just like all right let's get it yeah, you know, and they uh, they Makes brought it, it out. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, so just one or two more things here. Did Donald's injury have any impact on the Rams side of the ball for defense? You think? I believe so. I believe so. Um, you know, I don't think it would have changed the game. Um, but a little bit more heat, you know, uh, and pressure on Rodgers and and the and the offense doesn't hurt. For sure, so maybe there would have been enough pressure to get an interception. It's hard. To t- it's hard to tell, um, but I still don't think it would have changed the outcome of the game. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. Anyone who says Donald being injured didn't impact. I mean, he played, uh, you know, fifty five percent of snaps. Was it? Um, Aaron Donald healthy is a game wrecker. He's one of the best. Is one of the greatest defensive players we ever we've ever seen. Um, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, those guys they held up well. Don't don't get it twisted. If Aaron Donald was health or Aaron Donald was healthy, he gets two sacks. Now, does that cause an interception? Does that change the outcome? I really don't think so. Um, but but it impacted the game big time. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation with somebody yesterday about Aaron, and uh, you know, I I guess uh, he won Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, I was really hoping Watt would would wrap it up this year. I thought Watt. Should have won last year. I really thought he should have won. Um, this year, I was hoping for him to win, but my gut, I mean, whenever you're neck and neck with Aaron Donald, you give it to Aaron Donald because he's an interior defensive lineman. Putting those numbers up, and when's the last time we've seen that ever? Maybe Reggie White? Maybe. I mean, but well, and, seriously. Yeah, I mean, I mean wasn't... Sapp was good, but Donald's better than Sapp. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, Reggie White was a D-end. I mean, the only thing I can compare right. what Donald does to is J.J. Watt. And I know it's it's recent, but he's a D-tackle, you know? Or he plays inside, I should say. I mean, Watt's he not a... He plays inside, right. Right. Um, I don't know. What, what Donald does, I mean, you can throw out... You can say Warren Sapp. You can say some of these other guys, but... I truly believe that Aaron Donald is the best interior, strictly interior defensive lineman we've ever seen. Absolutely. I mean, he okay. can play the one or, one or zero technique, and he will 
he will need two or three guys to block him. I mean, he he makes grown men look like little boys. He'll just take their their face mask and jam it right back in into yep. them. It's it's an, it's impressive. Nice job, guys. So last little tidbit, we got to move on to the next game because we got a lot to cover leading up to the next there this coming weekend. Any unsung heroes from this game? Anybody stood out to you? Some you think might be a key factor moving into this week? Well, I think uh, the biggest factor in this game was that offensive line. Even with Donald injured, that defensive line is still stout. Floyd, Fox, all those guys, they've been getting pressure all year. And the Green Bay offensive line dominated that football game. Um and I think that's a key factor moving into this next game. I mean, if the, if the Green Bay Packers offensive line can can kind of hold serve and do what they did against the Rams to the Bucks, it's going to make it really hard for the, the Bucks to stop the run because recently they haven't been able to do it. But as yep. far as unsung heroes, I'm going to say Elton Jenkins and Corey Lindsley. Uh, there was that play where Rodgers seven, second and 17 in the end zone. Yeah. Um, and I watched that replay back. My buddy sent me a video, and you see Corey Lindsley throw one guy, and he's like throwing haymakers, and just him and Jenkins took out like four dudes. Rogers was able to step to his right, complete a second and seventeen out of his end zone. I mean, that that kind of stuff changes games, you know, yep. when guys are doing that for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a, a pretty deep un, unsung hero. I, you know, the, the stats don't reflect it, but I really enjoy seeing what, what Dylan's doing and with with more more touches. I, 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 I think I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a good, good amount next game. Okay. Perfect. I agree. I'm just going to go with um... – you know, the Packers drafting Jordan Love as backup quarterback, <laughs> being the unsung hero, lighting the fire under Aaron Rodgers' yeah. ass to, to, you know, try to take you guys to the promised land. How about them apples? No. <laughs> great job. Great yeah. job. Maybe Pittsburgh needed to do that three years ago. Yeah, you never know. You never know. All right, moving on. Browns, Chiefs. Or no, sorry. I skipped the segment. My bad. A little too low, or a little too low there. Ravens Bills. It was a big game. We talked about it a couple times on the podcast. And uh, you know, Bills taking the game 17 to 3, low scoring game, you know, nothing flashy. And I think that was probably one of the Bills uh what lowest margins of win throughout the year without going over 20 points. I mean, um Stefan Diggs, eight catches, 106 yards at a touchy. Ravens, I love, Ben, your comedy here. Nobody. <laughs> Lamar Jackson held to just 162 yards passing, 34 yards rushing. They just could not seem to get him going. And I, I saw that at the beginning of the game, first couple drives. You could tell on Lamar's face he was already feeling defeated. And I think that's that's telling. You know, that shows the sign and the maturity of a, of a quarterback when you can beat down a couple of drives, but not stay down. You know what I mean? So let's see what your reaction was on this game real quick. I mean, uh, Bills were the better team. It's it's that simple. Uh, you know, Ravens were hot, and I think that's why I jumped on them and picked them. Uh, being hot this time of year means a lot. But if you look at just the teams – Ravens are getting old. You know, they they try to stack that team with some older vets. I mean, they've replenished in certain areas, but 
there's some older vets on that team they, that they stacked, you know, the last couple of years to try to make a run because they felt like they had, you know, a good scheme with Lamar and some talent. Um, but I just don't think that I don't know if it's Lamar or this it, maybe the system just doesn't work when you get this late in the playoffs. You know, when you go against very good defenses and very good coordinators, um, they just know how to know how to handle it. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I thought it was a defensive game. And I think a lot of people, I mean, the, the over-under was like 55 points. <laughs> you know, people expected the Ravens to, to do Ravens things on offense. Um, and Bills, the San, credit to the Ravens defense. I mean, holding the Bills to 17 is, is, is just as impressive as holding the Ravens to three. I mean, I just thought both defenses played really well. The Bills... Uh, the Bills' defense kind of hit a really wasn't playing well in the middle of the season. Really, up until the end, they weren't great, but they started playing a little better. And, uh, I mean, that Bills' defense just played a great game. They had a, a great game plan for Jackson. And the thing is, when they can't run the ball, they're done. Uh, and I could see Ravens making some changes because they realize that. Yeah. Um, you know, you still keep Lamar, but I think you need to focus on how can we put him in a position to be more effective passing the football? Because in the AFC, in the AFC, you're just not going to be able to to do what you do unless it's a perfect night. Well, you know? now the other side to that too, and sorry, I don't want to mean to cut you off, Corey, but as you know, we saw the Bills didn't have to run the ball at all. You know, their first uh, many series, the first 19 passes were, or first 19 plays were all straight passes. They didn't even try to run. So it's just crazy how how that was all topsy turvy. You know, one team trying to run the ball and not doing it effectively. The other team just not even caring. Corey, what were you gonna say? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, no, just on Ben's point before that, I, I I agree they have to make some kind of changes. But at the same time, they've gone all in on Lamar in that system. So I I don't know if it's going to be drastic or not. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that's interesting, Ryan. Um, Bills haven't really ran. Oh year, um, and they've been pretty effective, which is rare. Very. Um, that's what scares. Maybe that's what scares me about them is their defensive inconsistency, and then they have not been very good at running the ball. Um, there's there there's some flaws there. You know, I mean, of course, I mean they're 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 killing it, and I, you know, not getting too far ahead. I I think they can. I think they probably will represent the AFC um, because they're playing the best football right now, but. They're 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 not perfect. No, I think it's ultimately not having a running game is eventually going to hurt you. Um, I don't know if the Chiefs matchup is a game where it's going to hurt them because the Chiefs were trying to bulldoze Daryl Williams um, because they're trying to have a run game. Bills just said, you know, that's the thing they don't they don't have a run game either. Um, I do. Th- I am scared for. For the AFC and the Super Bowl, for that reason, though, because I feel like both the Bucks and the Packers have the ability to run the ball as to where, you know, they're not going to see that this weekend. I mean, this Bills-Chiefs game will be high scoring, I promise you. Um, you know, it's just going to really come down to, well, we'll get into that later. But I was going to say, we will get into that um, <laughs> in just a little bit. Little teasers there, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on to your... <laughs> 
car seats here. Um, just real quick, couple unsung heroes. I'm going to go first on this one and say the wind in this game was a huge factor. Or factor. That was the Justin unsung hero. Justin Tucker. And j- well, not what's, just well, what's up, bro? Justin Tucker <laughs> missing two field goals. I mean, come on, man. I, I love seeing his face on that. Just like how'd that happen? <laughs> just because he he has killed Pittsburgh. I mean, I don't think he's ever missed a field goal. Dude, he has killed everybody of all time. He's he he's automatic. And when that happened, he looked like he saw a ghost. Mm-hmm. Well, and we all knew after he missed the second one. What was that, like the second quarter? We're like, it's over. I mean, if Tucker's yeah. not on, they're done. Um, <laughs> oh, that'll take the wind from your sail real quick. Well, playing sure. in Bu- – I mean, that's one thing about playing in Buffalo, you know, especially looking into the future. Yeah, the Bills and the Chiefs, in my opinion, aren't going anywhere, but it's like who's going to get that one seed? Because uh, playing in Buffalo is a – that's, that's a monster. Though. They're, both, they're both tough Yeah, teams. I mean – yeah, I just that, that, that's I honestly think that is the biggest advantage between AFC and NFC. It seems like the stadiums in the AFC, barring Green Bay, are tougher to play in 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 okay. in December and January. It's hard to hard to argue that. I'm trying to think of an AFC dome team, you know, that's They're... Colts, you know. Um yeah, yeah maybe. But you know, it. the NFC got the Saints and, and the Vikings and the Falcons and no, I agree. I mean, Lambo's a different monster, but honestly Chicago is harder than Lambo. You know, I know Lambo has the history, but Chicago has that wind, man. Uh Chicago's yeah. the one place that probably is as brutal as uh Buffalo. We talked about it last time, not relevant to this podcast, but uh I I, I I'm su- I, I like what Chicago's doing. They, I think they got something sneaky going on. Well, and they don't call it the Windy City for nothing, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so unsung heroes, wind and stadiums. There it is. Moving on, Browns, Chiefs. Guys, I think this game ended up being way closer than what, well, at least I anticipated. Um, I didn't think that the Browns would even be near as close, to be honest with you, uh, coming up against the Chiefs. But I think what set them back, or what gave them that opportunity, was uh, the toe injury to Mahomes, and then obviously – the concussion, which we definitely need to talk about in this week, in this past week's matchup and in coming up week. Um, Chiefs 22, Browns 17. They had a chance to win it at the end, you know. Um, they really did. And then what was it? Mayfield threw that interception or something like that? I'm trying to remember. It's been too many days. But let's talk about this game and uh, what stood out to you. Well, um, the Browns, it's like, look, you can't make any excuses. Mahomes went out. You're down by five. You get the ball back with five minutes, and you end up having to punt the ball. That right there is the game. That is your opportunity. There is nothing else to say about this game. Truly, I believe that. Like, Browns, you had your opportunity, and you blew it. Um, You know, Chad Henney, yeah, he made some throws, but come on. Uh, If you're going to beat the Chiefs, that was your window. Uh, And now Chiefs are going to, you know, I – they're they're gonna come out firing this weekend. I I think that was the only time I'm kind of embarrassed to say this that I have ever rooted for Cleveland. Um, because I I when my team's on it, I like the underdog, you know. Um, but that game proved exactly what I already knew and thought was they're very they're very good. That is a very good football team, but Baker will hold them back. Um. It is. It's they. 
it's a tough place to be in. We've seen other teams be in that situation. It's like, what do you do? You know, it's hard to come across a better quarterback. They don't grow in trees. You know, it's actually easier to go backwards. Well, they've had but thirty of them. <laughs> There's that, that that team is that team is so good with the offensive line, the run game, the defense is solid. Um, he just he I don't think he will ever be able to get it done in games like that. No, I so look. Look at the final four quarterbacks. Look at the final four quarterbacks every year. But you got Brady, Rodgers, Allen, and Mahomes. This was a telling game for Baker Mayfield. Um, Browns have a really have a lot of good going on around him. Um, but I think, like you said, Corey, I agree 100%. This was his opportunity. You know, I mean, you think Rodgers or Brady don't, go down and score a touchdown, Roethlisberger. I mean, so many of the good quarterbacks find a way to get it done. Um, you know, and, it's, that's, and that's the most important do piece it. of the puzzle. That's the most important piece of a puzzle. I mean, but it, it is a puzzle. You need an offensive line and a defense and coaching, and you need everything. But just look at, like you said, Ben, the, the, the quarterbacks that are in it in the final four every year. But if you go a step further, look at the look at the quarterbacks that have the won the Super Bowl the last fifteen years. Rodgers, Brady, how many freaking times? Man, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, uh Big Ben, uh um Drew Brees, there's the one oddball of Foles. Foles. But uh I mean outside of that, they're all they're all Hall of Fame. Foles and Flacco. Right? Uh, Those are yeah. the two yeah, Flacco. But yeah. He was playing good at the time, though. Yeah. Trent Dilfer won too, so I mean yeah. that's like twenty five years ago. <laughs> Flacco <laughs> was 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 effective whenever that offensive line was was. I mean they were unstoppable. Um, he had a pocket. He had, he had a pocket like like Brady had a pocket in New England um, that year, and he was just a, he was just getting it done. He was confident. But anyway, you got to have a quarterback to win. I mean, yeah. So Corey, you. The only reason you only mentioned five quarterbacks is because the other ones were won by Brady, 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 and Brady. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, but there's actually a stat out there. I think it was literally Manning, Brady, Ben, and I want to say Rodgers and Breeze had one. Well, yeah, well, Eli had two. Yeah, Eli that were had two. that were in the Super Bowl for. Well, no, because uh, Giants are are are. Or Gi- Giants or NFC? They won two. It was, they won two. There's, there's another AFC quarterback. Uh, it was literally just those four quarterbacks from the AFC that were in the Super Bowl from like 2020 or 2003 to till like just a year or two ago. I'm trying to trying to remember that other one. It might have been well, Flacco. Flacco as the all ball. It was Flacco. Yeah. yeah. Just those four quarterbacks were in all those Super Bowls for the AFC for all these years. It And, yeah. of course, Brady had nine of them, uh, nine appearances. So. Yeah, Warner. Warner was in there too. For the well, NFC. I'm saying to to like 2001, for 2002. The, so for the NFC, yeah, yeah. for the NFC, where, where was a Warner appearance? Uh, Russell Wilson appearances. Um, well, those were NFC. Good, quor- yeah. good, good quarterbacks, man. Yeah, the, I mean, the only two real oddballs was Foles was one, and then um, Goff. It's not bad, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we I I agree with your point. You're not going to win a Super Bowl. Or be a threat to win a Super Baker's Bowl. Baker's not going to win a Super Bowl with if you're not you got to you got to have a great defense or a great scheme um, in order to you know catch lightning in a bottle, which is what I think Goff and some of those other guys got. But yep. All right, I think we've said enough about that game. I think uh, it kind of 
you know, did dwindle a little bit once Mahomes went out. We, we kind of already established that. But uh, they're playing this weekend, and we'll get into that here in just a minute. I want to cover the, uh, the Brady Breeze Bowl. Last time we'll probably ever see those two playing on the field at the same time. Looked like at the end of the game, you know, uh, Breeze walked off and kind of gave that last little, you know, look. Bucks 30, Saints 20. Uh, Tom Brady, 18 of 33, 199 yards. Breeze, 19 of 34, 134 yards. They, the Bucks defense really showed up second half of this game. I, I thought first half, you know, the Saints had it in the not in the bag, but they had control. Bucks just came back and just dominated especially on defense, and Brady did what he had to do to you know, get the ball in the end zone. So, guys, take it away. Well, you're not going to win any football games if you turn the ball over four times. Yeah, Steelers found that out a couple weeks ago. What um, first <laughs> you know, I, I'm not convinced Jameis Winston wouldn't have won that game for the Saints. I think in the second half, had it not been Breeze's last game, um, I, I just – Breeze looked so bad. Now, credit to the Bucks defense, yes. But Noodle Arm did not throw a single pass over 15 yards in that entire game. The only one they threw over, Jameis Winston had to come in on a trick play. That's uh, right. They Bucks really... And, and, that, and, that, and he let a rip, man. He let that pass rip. Oh, yeah. Um, I just... Look, the, the Buccaneers have, you know, to speak on them... They've won two games because they haven't made mistakes and they were opportunistic. I do not believe the Buccaneers... They did not play... Brady did not play great. There were a lot of three and outs. That was a very ugly game. You know, um, Leonard Fournette... um, Leonard Fournette had like 60 yards rushing. rushing. You know, Mike Evans had one catch. Gronk had one catch or no catches. Um, It just... Brady did what he had to do. The Buccaneers will have to play better on offense or they will not beat the Packers, period. Um, I really think that game came down to the turnovers. Credit to the Bucs for taking advantage of them, but it was kind of an uglier game than I was hoping. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of almost the exact game what I pictured in my head. Um, wasn't pretty by the Bucks, but they did enough to get it done. Um, defense was fantastic. Uh Second half, um, dude, Devin White though, and yeah, and I was gonna dude. say he, he he he's 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 clicking this year, and he's proved he's proving why he was a top ten pick. Um, I mean, as much as I love Devin Bush, and he's gonna be a Steeler for a long time, and I think he's gonna be an All Pro. You know, mentally he is so sharp, he knows where to be. Uh, but Devin White reminds me of just he is just a monster. He will crush mm-hmm. you. Um. And he's just all over the place. I mean, he and he's big. He, I mean, he, he what he ran a four three, and he's he's just a monster. Man, the but nucleus, anyway. the nucleus of that defense, especially if Winfield they Winfield Junior. <laughs> dude, but uh, Dean and uh, um, Carlton um, Davis, Murphy's, Murphy Murphy's Bunting. Bob. Yeah, he he was a great pick. They um, are such a young defense outside of that front four. I get it, but Vita Vea coming back. I mean, you know, I, I honestly think the way. Yeah, I mean Brady's obviously lost a step, but he's played better. I think he's played better than Breeze and and Rivers and Big Ben this year. And Wilson, I think he comes back. I think he comes back next year. 
Oh, Brady will come back next year. I think even if they win the Super Bowl, he's coming back next year. Absolutely. I think he's he back. he signed a two year deal. Trust he wants me. Ten. Well, he I I'm telling you this right now. Next year will be Brady's last year. But he is Probably. gonna he's gonna run this back. Um you know, I, I personally don't think they're gonna beat the Packers, but they could. Even if he wins the Super Bowl, he'll be back next year. There's there's two ways I think they they can only beat the Packers. Well, other than Packers, losing we'll get into that later, is, right, is, Ryan? Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, guys, we can move into it right now. We can start with this game because I think let's we've covered. Let's right. roll into it. Well, you know, that's the momentum that we're carrying. So let's roll into it. We got the Bucks and the Packers finish. Go ahead or say say what you were saying, Corey. No, I was I was just gonna say <laughs> that uh, you know I think it's gonna be a great game. Um, I do agree with you, Ben. I think the Packers get the job done. Um, but for Tampa to win this football game, I think the defense has to has to be off the chain, um, create pressure, possibly possibly create turnovers, which seems damn impossible against Green Bay. But if they can somehow muster up one turnover somehow, that'll help. But they have to they have to get it done on offense. Um, you know, uh, just close the deal. I think. Antonio Brown might be a factor in this game. And he is going to play, which was kind of in doubt there for a minute, but he is going to play. Um, so let me let me throw some stats at you really quick. So in the Week 6 matchup, um, on, the, on blitzes, Rodgers threw uh, two interceptions, had like a 30 passer rating. He was terrible, right? They sacked him four times. Since Week 6... Rodgers against the Blitz has thrown 15 touchdowns to one interception. The Buccaneers since week six, while blitzing, have given up 13 touchdowns to one interception. These are two different football teams. I don't. I think the Bucs would be, I think they're going to come in with a different game plan. Now, therefore, it could be effective. But I think people need to stop looking back to week six and be like, oh, I could see it happening again. Well, if, any, if the last two months have told us anything, that's as far from the reality as that there is um, the Buccaneers to win this game. They need to find a way to run the ball because Brady thri- thrives in play action, just like Rogers does. Um, and the Packers to win this game is, I mean, who's, who's going to win in the trenches. If Packers run the ball, like they did against the Rams, the Buccaneers, I don't think they're going to stop them. You know, where the Rams were good on the D line and in the secondary, the Bucks are good at linebackers. So what does that mean? Um, it means the Bucks were like first in the league against the run. They even ended up near the top, if not the top. But the last like four or five weeks, the Bucks have been giving up quite a few rush yards. I mean, Kamara had a good game considering, uh, you know, it was the how the game played out is the only reason he didn't go over 100. So if I'm the Buccaneers, my game plan is you need to stop the run because that is how Green Bay starts everything in their offense. If if the Packers' running game gets going and you know the offensive line is pushing that defensive line, I I really think it's over. You know, but the Buccaneers they they got the players to do it. It's just like who's going to win in the trenches because this is a on paper the Bucks have a better football team. Packers are playing better. I think Packers have a better scheme. They're they have a little better camaraderie and chemistry. They feel like that team, but at the end of the day, the Bucks have Tom Brady. And it's going to be sunny in 27 on Sunday at kickoff. That's not going to phase anybody. So let's go. 
Let's go. Let's go. You know, in, in watching how the Bucks have played their last couple of games, I, I kind of noticed, you know, and I and I think it's probably different from like, uh, you know, from a lot of the teams that we that we watch that are explosive on offense. The Bucks just kind of play their game. They they just kind of feel it out, and then I think part of their game is letting the game kind of come to them. Almost like a boxer just standing in the ring, just taking punches until, you know, their opponent feels like they're confident and then boom, just coming at the left, coming at the right. That's what I noticed about uh, the, the last couple of games. And that's what I noticed, you know, as soon as coming out in the second half, I mean, Brady, I think, has always been um, really just impeccable in the second half of, of the games that he's played throughout his career. You go back all the, you know, all the times you know, he ever won in, in New England if they weren't already ahead. Like, he's always played well in the second half. And I think that's just what's going to be the difference. I think that the Bucks will stay close to the Packers. I think the Packers will lead going into the end of the half, of the first half. But second half is where the magic's going to happen. And I think that's where we're going to see the Bucks come out on top. I just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see it playing out any other way. You know, if the <laughs> – if – if the Bucks are going to win, they cannot let Green Bay get out to a lead. This, unfortunately, so Packers scored 10 to start the game in week six, right? I mean, well, throughout week six, right? But if the Packers have one of these games where they come out and they, they're up 24 to, 24 to 10 or 24 to 3, I don't think Bucks will be able, I think Bucks need to be able to run the ball and stay in a close game. I agree with you, Ryan. If the game is close, where Packers have been able to create that separation in other games, Brady is a little more methodical, and he'll make the throws to make sure the Bucks drain the clock. But if this game is is two scores at halftime, I truly believe Packers will step on the gas. And and I don't. Thing is, I don't think the Bucks defense can stop the Packers. And maybe they proved me wrong. But you know, Packers have played what eighteen games this year, and. In one game, they weren't able to move. Yeah, it was the Bucks, but now they have two completely different. I mean, I gave you the stats. So what are the Bucks going to do? Blitz? Where Rodgers obviously learned from that game and he's killing people. I I just feel like the Packers are clicking, and if the Bucks want a chance, they got to keep it close because they will be playing from behind for most of the game. But if they keep it close, there's definitely a shot. No, you're right. I I. Brady's a different quarterback in the second half, and if it's close in the fourth quarter, man, I wouldn't want to be a Green Bay fan. I still think Green Bay gets it done. They, they win this football game, but oof. You know, to the for not. the viewers, <laughs> for the viewers, what we need, Ryan, is we enter the fourth quarter tied game, and we need Brady score, Roger score, Brady score, Roger score. <laughs> it's like who has the ball last? Because both of those quarterbacks are not going to do what Mayfield did. If there's no. a chance to score, they're going to score. So yeah. I'm just really – the first three quarters are going to dictate the outcome. Packers need to have more than a seven-point lead going into the fourth for me to feel comfortable because I know the Bucks are going to score at least once. That's that's how I feel as a Packers fan. Um, anytime you're wrong. playing Brady, look, am I confident? I'm confident in how the Packers are playing. If I look at how the teams are playing recently, it would make sense that Packers would win this game. But it's Tom Brady. The thing is, the people around Tom Brady are what scare me in a game of this magnitude, especially with the young guys. I have a feeling that Packers being at home, 
Rodgers, you know, if the Rams game told us anything, it's like the pressure isn't going to bother him. I mean, that was that was artwork, what we saw on offense. So it's it's going to be a very fun game. Very fun game. You know, the other, the other side to this too, uh, you know, on Tampa Bay's offense side, uh, Antonio Brown hasn't practiced all week. Now, they said he has a slight knee injury. But I don't think that really makes them any weaker on offense if Antonio Brown's not 100% going into that game, they just have too many weapons, as, as you kind of just alluded to, uh, to still make something uh, work. So it is going to come down to a really well, uh, fun fourth quarter. One one last thing, too. This is a Mike Evans game. So Mike Evans does well against some corners, does, doesn't do well against others, right? He does well against Kevin King, and that's who's going to be on him. Chris Godwin will not have a catch on Jair Alexander. Chris Godwin will be a non-factor in this game. Antonio Brown and Mike Evans are going to determine how many points the Bucks score. And also, Gronk, Packers have been very susceptible to good tight ends. So this could be another Cameron Brayton, Rob Gronkowski show. I I think the Packers defense has been playing well, but I, I think for Packers to win this game, I think they have to hit 35. That's I, I really think that's the number. I think the Bucks are going to put up at least 28. So 28-35 is what Ben's calling. <laughs> I, I, I see that in my head, 35-28. I think that's that's my prediction on the final score, 35-28. So you guys are both taking the Packers. I'm going to be the odd man out and take the Bucks. Not because I'm a Brady fan, but I just <laughs> think they're going to win. So, all right. Great analysis, guys. Moving on to – so is that the 3.30 game or is that the 6.30 game? I can't remember. It's 2 o'clock. So or, they have a oh, 2 and a 5.30 on Sunday. Oh, okay, okay. So that's, that's the early – man, I wish they would have made that the late game. I feel like that should be the late game, but that's it okay. Really, it, it really should be. <laughs> Do they flex playoff games? <laughs> it's 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ben lives in another time zone, which I don't – I mean, I don't know who, who watches football at 2 o'clock, so – Oh, that's right. Good call. I'm kidding, Corey. I'm kidding. Two, two central. All right. I live in Alabama. Who would think Alabama would be central? <laughs> I mean, that's 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 a problem. You're so central. We, we need to fix that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So moving on to the Bills Chiefs. Great matchup. If Mahomes is feeling healthy, is is he cleared to play this game coming up? I haven't I haven't followed much this. I week haven't heard. I've turned the TV. I've off, I've been following pretty close. Um, he was able to practice some yesterday. He's still in protocol. Mm. I would put, I mean, unless he has a setback, Patrick Mahomes will be playing on Sunday. Now, thing is, even though he's playing, as people forget, this this foot injury is real. He had turf toe mm-hmm. on his big toe. Some guys sit out for four to six weeks with that. Um, so they're saying they're going to put a special plate in his shoe that puts less pressure on his toe or whatever. So he's not going to be mobile, and I think that's something to note. Yeah, was it a titanium plate? You know, I don't know what it is, Corey. You know, <laughs> well, and I, I've seen different things in the past where you know other uh, NFL players that have played in the past have said turf toe is nothing to joke about. It's one of the most painful injuries to play through, especially if you're a quarterback and you're supposed to be a mobile quarterback. I just, uh, you know, if he is playing and he's coming off a concussion, I mean, it's just too. Well, two dings that uh, don't if, play in his favor. Uh, right, yeah, turf toe and, and stingers. And, and if you're a running back, you don't play with turf toe. Like Ben said, you have to sit for it to heal or you'll, you'll, you're not going to be any good. Yeah, receivers are the same way because you have to plant to run routes. I mean, it's 
I don't know if it's his right foot or his left foot. I would think that... I think it's his left. Which helps him because he throws all of his passes. They're all fadeaways, so, you know. <laughs> but I... Look, as far as this football game, obviously I'm going to pick the Bills only because I picked them in the beginning. But my gut tells me that the close game against the Browns and the Mahomes injury is going to have everyone picking the Bills, and I think the Chiefs are going to decide to be the Chiefs. Um, You know, the Bills' last two games haven't scored tons of points. Um, They need to put up points this week. Um, So... We'll we'll see how it plays out. I I think it's going to be a game that ends in the forties. I, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I'm, I'm going to pick the Bills. I neither team really has a run game at this point, so it's just they're both going to throw for like 500 yards. Now, yeah, Josh I, I, Allen. I think they're both flawed. Yeah, I mean it's Josh Allen. We don't know. He's done good with the pressure so far in the playoffs, but. The pressure in a championship game is real. And it doesn't phase me in Rodgers Brady, but I'm looking at someone like Josh Allen with the city of Buffalo, you breathing down his neck, you know, I would not be shocked if Josh Allen decides to throw a couple early interceptions. Well, I I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game too. Both teams don't have a great running game. Both teams defenses aren't uh elite per se. Um, but I would, I, I have to go bills. Uh, I, I, I know what you mean, Ben. I'm, you know, Andy Reed and Mahomes could win this game. Um, but bills, I think are a little bit more well-rounded right now. And then a little bit healthier. Well, and the bills have great safety play. Um, I will say when it comes to Travis Kelsey, no one stops him. Let's make that clear. Nobody stops him, but the bills, Having Trey White on Tyreek Hill, Tredavious White's a great corner. Hill will still get his, and Kelsey will get his, but the way the Bills' secondary is made up, if they're able to get pressure, there's definitely a formula uh, for the Bills getting some stops on defense. I, too, am going to go Bills with – you know, in this game, I think that the stars are lined up. And then, of course, you know, like we've been talking about it already with Mahomes' injuries, I just don't know if that's going to be enough uh, or for, for the Chiefs to, to be able to get this thing done. Now, the only sad part of this whole thing, you know, with Mahomes coming off the, the turf toe and the concussion is that if the Bills do win, there's going to be people out there saying, well, if Mahomes was healthy and everything else, then the game would have been a different outcome. And that's what's going to suck about, you know, this game. If the Bills do, in fact, win and, you know, even if uh, Henny has to come back in to, to try to finish things out. So that'll be the only thing that really uh, tarnishes this game. But I do think the Bills pull it out in the end and we have a Bills-Bucks Super Bowl. I think uh, the only – go ahead, Corey. Now I have to change my pick. Because Ryan's six and four, I'm six and four, Ben seven and three. <laughs> I'm going KC, bro. Come on. Okay. Okay. Let's roll. I will say. Get on that I will, KC train. I I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say if the Bills win, the NFC is gonna win the Super Bowl. Um, the only way I the agree AFC. The only way the AFC wins the Super Bowl is if it's the Chiefs. That's that's my prediction. I don't think either way. I think the whoever wins the NFC Championship game is I, – I just think both of those teams are more well-rounded. 
and both have a quarterback. Yeah, Mahomes been there last year. Yeah, he's won, but he's banged up. He's got turf toe. His team isn't as good as it was last year. Um, I think the Bucks would get it done against them. Yeah. If it were the Bucks, uh, Chiefs, I I just Brady and the Super Bowl's magic, man. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, and we in will Tampa, get into the Super me? Bowl talks on the you next podcast. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, do we have anything left to say about this weekend's matchups? Any any closeout comments before we uh, wrap this thing up? Let, I, let me just make one last comment. Um, <clears throat> I think Aaron Jones is going to have a day. That's all I'm going to say. Are we talking like, uh, oh gosh, I can't think. I think right I think you saw the 60-yarder against the Rams. The way the Packers work is, you know, they they're going to, you know, give carries to all three running backs. And maybe it's an AJ Dillon game, but I think Jones is going to have two runs. These are my bold predictions of the weekend. Okay, bold predictions. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Aaron Jones has two runs of 50 plus. Wow, that is bold. He may so only have ten carries have like a in the game. Henry type day. Well, I'm not. That's the thing about him. He's, you know, Aaron Jones is going to have 152 yards rushing on you know 12 carries. I mean, that's how Aaron Jones works. And on one of those carries, he's going to fumble to the back of the end zone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Corey, do you have a bold prediction for this weekend? It's a good segment to end on. Is Ronald Jones playing? Yes. I think he has 100 yards, 100 total yards. Yeah, I think I think Rojo is, is definitely um, someone to keep an eye on. You know, Fournette is good. He's solid. But Ronald Jones, I truly believe, runs the ball better. And... Packers defense has kind of been bend, don't break against the running games. They've held everyone under 100 lately, which is great. But in a game against Brady and that offense, maybe they slip a little because they're focused on the receivers. I think it's. Okay. I think it could happen. I'm going to go – I got two bold predictions. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Uh Their tight ends combined for 100-plus yards and two touchdowns, and the Bucks defense get three turnovers – whether it be interception or fumbles forced. How's yeah, that? They, they definitely win the game if that happens. Yep. Homer. All right, boys. Well, this has been a great episode. <laughs> I think we covered a lot of territory. It's been fun covering the playoffs with you gentlemen. Uh, you esteemed gentlemen, as, as, as we said earlier in the show. Um, ben, a, a, any, any uh, luck setting up a social media account in case anybody, you know, out yes, there listens yes. and wants to call, hey, contact you? I have arrived, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so actually, tweetmeets.com. Uh, got, got it. Okay. So I actually lead a group on Facebook called green and gold lifers. Um, and then that's the same handle for my Instagram account, uh, where I post, uh, you know, all playoff stuff, but pretty much Packer stuff. Um, so if you want to find me, that's where I'm at. All right. And that was, uh, green and gold lifers all spelled out, right? Yes, on sir. Facebook and Twitter. Okay. Yes, sir. Corey. How about you? Corey Gracie, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Rooster Dude, and uh, Knucklehead Recording Studios. 
Awesome. And if you uh, made it all the way to the end of this podcast, we are the Craftology Radio Network. Uh, we, we go by the Fantasy Brews, but you can find us on Facebook at craftbrewsandgeeknews.com where we talk about craft beer and Star Wars and video games and all sorts of things. We have a huge umbrella of different podcast shows. Uh, we try to give uh, pers- perspective on everything in life, right? Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, you can at rye underscore guy at, uh, 813. And uh, I have changed my name a couple of times, but I promise you that is going to stick for a while. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week. And uh, I think we'll probably do another episode, what, early next week, just recapping next week or uh, next week or this weekend. And then obviously talk about the Super Bowl and then try to carry it in again because there's a two week break in between this week and the Super Bowl, correct? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, Long I think pause. we we could maybe throw in. <laughs> Is throw there in... a Pro Bowl? <clears throat> yeah. Should be a Pro Bowl. Uh, no, pro no, it's like an honorary Pro Bowl. So they have yeah. like a flag football a... is what it should be. Yeah. Jesus. But I I think we start to maybe dabble in some uh, dabble in some draft talk, kind of as we get closer here, kind of setting up the the next phase <sighs> of the podcast. You reminded me. Talk about we, Dwayne Haskins signing. We didn't talk about the signings of the coaches and all that other stuff. Shoot, we already did our outro. Uh, quick fires, quick fires, quick fires. Let's go. <laughs> Coach in Philly. Dwayne Who Haskins, one-year deal, Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't understand it, but it is what it is. <laughs> okay. And uh, the coach uh, for uh, Philly just uh, hired a coach, offensive coordinator of the uh, Colts, correct? What's his Colts. name? Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's an interesting signing. I uh, – I think he's got a shot to to maybe show he's got some talent. So I mean that's that's the kind of thing you know. Um, whenever Tomlin hangs it up or whatever happens there, uh, which is probably going to be sooner than later, uh, I would love them to bring in a young offensive coordinator that needs to prove something as a head coach. I think that's yeah. what works. You know, you got uh, to take a risk. You got to take a chance. And I, I can't say his name. I, I forget how to say it actually. But I was listening to the, the the talking heads on the TV, and they did say that you know Philip Rivers had 15 interceptions last year. His last year in, in uh, uh, with the Chargers, and this year he cut those down to like what six or seven or something like that. And that's what they need in Philly for uh, Wentz because he had a, he had like 15 or 16 interceptions, something like that this year. So I think that's probably why they went with the higher. Uh, of this coach for the for the head coaching position over yep. in Philly. Yeah, I'll be curious to see that quarterback situation, how it plays out. You know. Well, word, word is I don't I don't believe Wentz is going to be around, but we'll see. Maybe maybe well, that we'll that see. guy coming in says nope, he's my guy. We ain't moving him. You never know. You never know. All right, those were our quick little tidbits there, and we will cover that and more on uh, the shows to come. So thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us today, and we we will see you next week. Have a great one. Go, Pat, go. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Farewell. This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Listen, we get the Craft Brews and Geek News show is way better than it ought to be. If you'd like to learn more about other shows that we have on our network, please subscribe to the Craft Brews and Geek News podcast. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more.